0: How's your mental health? I'm listening with Michael Phelps.
1: You know, I think for me, in in 2014, when I found myself in that dark, dark place where I I didn't want to be alive in those four days when I was in my room by myself, after sitting there and thinking about everything, I I wanted to find a different way. I wanted to find a different answer. Um, I was sick and tired of feeling how I felt, and that's why I started to seek help, and, and, and that's when I checked myself into a treatment center.
2: This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
0: Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now is Adam Candy, our BetQL network teammate. Catch him this Sunday on Inside the Betting Lines live from Mandalay Bay from 5 to 9 o'clock Eastern time. He is also the managing editor of Legal Sports Report. So, Adam, the big story here involves uh, ESPN basically getting a sports book. Uh, they now have uh, ESPN Bet, or they're working on launching ESPN Bet with Penn Entertainment. So, ESPN Bet is in. Barstool Sportsbook is out. Why is ESPN Bet potentially going to have a different fate than Barstool?
1: Well, Joe, I'm not 100% sure that it will have a different fate than Barstool. It's just a matter of figuring out where ESPN really wants to be when it comes to sports betting. Now, this is the biggest move they've made to date. Question that this is as all in as we've seen ESPN go. They're going to be paid $1.5 billion in cash over the next 10 years. Plus, they have the rights to about $500 million in stock warrants from Penn Entertainment, who is their new partner. So ESPN decided to take a big upfront payment here, but for the all intents and purposes, they have chosen to pretty much stick the ESPN logo on the side of another sports book and not really do this themselves, right? And we've seen Fox and others try this before where you essentially just take what is a standard sports book and put the logo of a big company on it and hope for the best. Now. This is the biggest of the big companies that you can take that logo and stick on it. And the reach for ESPN is just enormous compared to other sports books. But will it be able to make a dent against DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Caesars? That remains to be seen because the technology that this is going to be running on is completely unseen and unproven. They had built Had Pen Entertainment, a brand new sports book tech for Barstool Sportsbook, which of course now is out.
2: When Terry's money didn't work for Fox, when you had them promoting it on uh, all those NFL games for the NFC, uh, points bet has not worked. And Sunday Night Football was all over it, mentioning points bet again and again. And so I have my questions about whether or not this is going to work. I, I question, my, my question to you is, what is success? Because a lot of the chatter that I've seen over the last 24 hours is, oh, this is going to fail, this is so stupid – And for the most part, I agree with that. But it depends what the bar is. If you're saying compete with DraftKings and FanDuel, yes, it is 100% going to fail. They're not going to be up there. But I've always felt, Adam, that there can be a number of winners. There isn't one or two winners. No, if you can get like 10 to 15% of a market like Illinois, New York, or once California or Texas, if they become legal, Ohio, like that could be a lot of, that could be very successful. How do you view success now in the uh, legalized market?
1: It's a great point, Joe, because there are multiple ways to get to success. It just depends on what the goals of your company are. And to make this relevant to the average person out there who's saying, you know what, just let me download an app and bet. I, I, I don't care about all this business stuff. In the end, it does matter to you because the more the, of these sports books that are out there, the more competition there is, the better the signup bonuses are, the better the promotions that you get regularly are. Hopefully, the better the odds you get are, that hasn't always played out. And we know there are some who don't enjoy the regulated market experience because they don't feel like they can get the action that they want. But again, that goes to what you're saying. It's all about the goals of the company involved. And so if you're talking about a company like BetMGM, well, BetMGM has a large casino presence across the country And their view of success might not be having to get to 50% market share. Their view of success could easily be second place, third place, whatever that number is. So long as sports betting is helping to build the rest of their business, right? They have people in on MGM rewards and those MGM rewards are ultimately going to be redeemed for visits to the properties and for the ability to have meals, see shows. And in the end, for people to gamble. And that's a large part of what success looks like for all of these companies because it's not just about betting on sports, it's about for as many states as it's available, being able to play online casino games on your app. That is the long-term goal of all of these apps is to be able to also have a profitable online casino because the margins on it are a lot higher. We can talk about you know, Nevada's historical win rate being 5.4% and then the FanDuel's of the world being out there grabbing 11 right now because there are a lot of parlays to be played. But in the end, online casino, the, the the win rates are far, far higher. It's multiples of what we're talking about here. So success really can be defined a number of different ways.
2: How do you expect ESPN's programming to adapt to this now? Um, obviously, Penn wants to partner with ESPN for the wide audience that they have the you know trust with the audience but a lot of the people that they have on air and the programming that they currently have those people don't really know much about betting and really how to advise people so how do you expect that to evolve
1: you know aaron that's it's a fantastic point because what did espn just do in its layoffs they just got rid of Doug kazarian who was the face of their sports betting programming and he was the most credible person that they had to discuss sports betting on their programming. And so now you're in a place where you're going to want that credibility because you're trying to go all in on the idea of sports betting and you've just moved out one of the people who could speak most credibly to it. And frankly, who probably could cross over the best, be that bridge between the hardcore sports betting audience and the more casual sports betting audience that's out there. And as we know very well from what we do here on BetQL, People have to believe what you're selling. People have to know that you really buy, that you're in on this. And so just saying, hey, here's the Stephen A. Smith parlay is not going to convince people to bet. It's not going to be what ends up being the difference between success and failure for ESPN bet. So I would expect more directly to your question, I mean, the integration is going to be right there out front in programming. They've had their deal previously with Caesars. I think it's been more of a branding deal, more of an exposure deal with where the studio is in las vegas but i would not expect this to be a shy effort when it comes uh, to espn the question as you very astutely asked there is is it going to be done in a way that people buy it
0: adam as far as uh, new states coming online uh you know eventually california should have sports betting eventually florida is in this weird state of flux right now Does that give additional opportunities uh, to newer sports books to sort of cultivate that brand loyalty? Or do you expect when these new states come online, the big ones, that they're going to gravitate toward the names that we already know in the sports betting landscape?
1: Yeah, and looking forward like that, I think, makes a ton of sense in this situation because... You can't necessarily look at the existing markets like Illinois, like New York and think that you're going to just steal enough share from DraftKings and FanDuel and BetMGM uh, to be able to make this a profitable enterprise for yourself in the long run. Now, the question, of course, is just how significant is the opportunity in California when tribal gaming controls everything that goes on in California and what happened at the ballot this past year was the most resounding defeat of sports betting that we have seen anywhere in the country. We're talking about less than 20% of Californians voting in favor of an open online sports betting market. That set California back many, many years. Uh, That's a horizon that we think here at Legal Sports Report, five years at minimum, uh, before we're looking at California being an opportunity. Texas can't go back to its legislature for two years after failing this year, although they did pass the House, so they at least made a step forward and Florida is its own animal with tribal gaming right now. Hard Rock really has control of that market. So they are likely playing a much longer game, as you reference, when it comes to those larger markets that are out there, because that's the ultimate goal here, is to be able to open up the largest markets in the country and be able to get all of that share that's hanging out there. I think the question is going to be for ESPN and for Penn, is this deal going to be able to get you there? And are you going to have the patience over the course of 10 years to wait for this to really develop the way that it could because we were only five plus years into the legal sports betting era in the united states this game is early unless you have gone out there and spent nearly two billion dollars on espn a billion and a half dollars on the score bet before it to only shutter that brand in the us and have it only in canada and then 550 million on barstool essentially then pull the keys back out of your pocket and hand them over to dave portnoy so you're talking about a company here that is going to have committed the better part of four billion dollars to sports betting and to date barstool sportsbook if you want to know just how small it has been how minimal the impact was of barstool sportsbook in states where they operate barstool sportsbook had between three and 3.5 percent share of the market if you pull that out to the national stage they had 1% to 1.5% share of the market. This is for a company that came in saying, we have 66 million sets of eyeballs that are on us regularly. We are going to be able to make an impact in sports betting without even marketing. We're just going to take our funnel, all of the customers we have, and convert them straight over to sports betting. And it turns out it's not that easy.
2: Yeah, yeah. and something we addressed earlier, their base doesn't bet a lot. They may bet, but it's a lot of 5 and $10 parlays, which I don't know that they took that into account. Yeah, I'm here in Illinois, and back of mind, I would never think about Barstool. And part of the reason was the prices sucked. So I got sick of even wasting my time and looking when I see minus 114 on both sides. Uh, and you also mentioned this is early in the game, and you were 100% correct. Early in the sports betting game, we're still talking about getting legal in a number of states throughout the country, but there's a lot of movement. Like Circus Sports is gonna open at the start of football season here in Illinois. We have this with the failure of Barstool Sportsbook. We'll see how ESPN bet does. We have points bet selling to fanatics. What's next? Are we gonna see some consolidation? Are we gonna see more sportsbooks actually go away instead of continued expansion since FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM have dominated so much?
1: Well, you can consider this like the Oscars in memoriam list that I'm going to give you here uh, over the next moment or so. So, you know, RIP. Fubo, MaximBet, PlayUp. Now PointsBet gets added to that list. And there are more that I'm not even remembering off the top of my head who have come and gone before we even had the opportunity to know what they are. And so we've seen some level of the lower-end competitors falling off. And now with ESPN getting in, I think the question really becomes what you asked earlier, Joe. What do these companies think success is? What kind of money do they need in order for this to look like a profitable enterprise? If you are BetMGM, if you're Caesars and you can bring people on a property, that's a lot different than if you're DraftKings or your FanDuel and you need people to be playing on those apps constantly in order to make this a value proposition for your shareholders. Think about the amount of money that's gone into this. If you don't know out there what has happened over the years, We're talking about DraftKings, FanDuel, these big companies that were in the DFS game for the longest time. They are losing hundreds of millions of dollars per quarter in the early days of this game trying to bring people in. Now, some of those, like BetMGM's digital segment, like DraftKings, have turned a profit in Q2 of this past year. We're covering all that at Legal Sports Report right now. But there are billions of dollars that have been sunk into trying to establish this early foothold. When it comes to getting customers, and I had a smart person tell me in about a year ago that in this business, right now, for a lot of the larger operators, 90% of their revenue is coming from 10% of their customers. So you gotta be able to play the VIP game too, and you have to be able to attract whales away from casinos and get these big, big players to come and deal with you. Like when word to the wise, if you're out there on Twitter and you see A blankety-blank customer just put $200,000 on the Seahawks (laughs) minus four and a half. Like, if you see that, trust me, there's a reason that sportsbook just took that money on that bet. It's because they're a loser. Or (laughs) they're a a big casino player, right? Or they're a big casino player, and maybe they are a little bit sharp. But they're a big casino player where you know you're going to make the money back on them on Baccarat, Blackjack, craps in the long run. So... There's a reason that certain companies are able to take on the risk that they are, but there's a reason that we're seeing the points bets and FUBOS of the world fall off.
2: That's interesting. Cause you do hear about some of these players trying to get a lot of money down and they can't on the app. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. We have about a minute left. Uh, I want to ask you fast forward 10 years. We've got FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars. Where does ESPN bet lie or are they in the coffin?
1: <laughs> I don't think they're in the, I don't think they're in the coffin I don't even think they're the undertaker sticking the hand up out of the coffin I think that they're probably well established in the top five I think that this is it's too big of a name for them not to have some level of success but the question is going to be what is the stomach from Disney from ESPN to stay in this game. If they don't start out as a 10 or 15% market share player, how long are they gonna be willing to put in the effort and the money when really what they did this time was to go in, stick their logo on the side and try to let Penn do the hard work.
0: Adam Candy, our BetQL network teammate. Make sure to catch him this Sunday on Inside the Betting Lines live for Mandalay Bay from five to nine o'clock Eastern time also managing editor of legal sports report adam thank you so much for your time we greatly appreciate it this is betql daily presented by betmgm coming up next our lightning bets our favorite plays for tonight that's coming up right here on the betql network
2: we'll be right back with betql daily presented by bets mgm on the betql network